0: You are Locked On Horn Frogs. Your daily podcast on the TCU Horn Frogs, part
1: of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Horn Frogs. I am Stephen Simcox, your host, and it's Monday, which means I'm joined by my buddy Matt Jennings. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Um, don't forget, you can go to builtbar.com, and if you use the promo code Locked On, can get 20% off your next order, or make it your first order. Try Built Bar today. Get 20% off your order when you use that promo code. Locked on. And Matt, we have a bowl matchup. TCU's going to play in the Texas Bowl down in Houston on New Year's Eve. They're going to face off with Arkansas out of the SEC, who is three and seven on the year. But uh, before we got on the line, we were just discussing uh, this team has improved under Sam Pittman. They have the program has some momentum feels like they're probably better than that three and seven record that they're sporting right now but I guess my first question to you is on a scale of one to ten uh, what is your excitement level one being the least ten being the most for a Texas Bowl showdown with uh, with Arkansas
0: uh, I probably put it like a like a six and a half or a seven I'm, I'm reasonably excited I mean history with this matchup to former southwest conference teams the last couple times these teams have played back in in uh 2016 and 2017 they have really good games obviously different rosters different uh, different coaching staff in arkansas's case but like you know these are teams that they compete for uh for some of the same recruits and and uh you know there's their shared history in terms of what conferences they've played in and it seems like a Relatively evenly matched uh, game, um, even though the record wouldn't necessarily say that. And so, I'm, I'm, I'm I, I think it should be a competitive, fun game. Um, I think TCU. If you would have told me in October that they were going to be playing in the Texas Bowl, which is, you know, not the highest uh, uh, Big Twelve tie-in game, but like, you know, it's like one notch down from say the Alamo Bowl. Um, I would have been like what? <laughs> I would have been very, very yeah. surprised. So I think, I think the team, I think TCU should obviously be very excited about uh, getting from one and three to getting into the Texas bowl. You know, obviously all the weird circumstances for this season, notwithstanding Arkansas is in this game with three wins. So it's yeah. kind of hard to, to judge exactly you know, the merits of each team um, uh, you know, that obviously didn't totally play into bowl selection as it normally would, but I, I think it's going to be a fun matchup for sure.
1: I'm pretty excited about this. I, uh, I really like bowl games or I just, I like my teams to get to bowl games, you know, the TCU, the team I root for, obviously um, a couple of years ago when they finished seven and six, I know finishing seven and six and finishing five and seven as they did two seasons ago, like there's not a big difference. But it just felt a lot better. Like, it, it feels so much better mm-hmm. when you can end the season on a win, when you can get to a postseason game, even if it's just one of these sort of silly exhibitions. Uh, I would totally have understood if they said, hey, we don't want to play another game. We're sort of, you know, done with following all these protocols and keeping everybody in a bubble. Um, but I'm, I'm reasonably excited. I think it's going to be a good matchup as you laid out there and, and sort of a good – um, measuring stick it, it, especially in some key areas for this offense and defense against a, a solid opponent from an SEC school their record notwithstanding and some interesting subplots here so the first one is Gary Patterson uh, going up against Kendall Bryles who is the Arkansas OC son of Art Bryles um, Art and Gary hate each other, hated each other's guts um, Gary obviously won the PR battle there. Uh, and, you know, Art is now, well, he actually just resigned from coaching a 3A high school in, in the state of Texas. Uh, but his son really walked away from that whole controversy unscathed. I mean, he's bounced around the country, but he still gets Power Five coordinator jobs year after year. So uh, that'll be interesting, Matt. I, I think there's definitely going to be some. Um, some personal motivation for those two guys. And I haven't watched a lot of Arkansas's offense. I know Felipe Franks the former Florida quarterback's there, but um, Kendall obviously knows what Gary likes to do pretty well and is is going to try to exploit it with with throwing the ball down the field and running up tempo and and the TCU defense has been really good down the stretch. So that so that should be a fun aspect of this game.
0: I think so. You know, we, we 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 would be remiss to not mention why why the whole uh, why Kendall Bryles is is kind of a um, a problematic hire for Arkansas. I think I think Sam Pittman has put together a really good uh, coaching staff there, coaches who are obviously very competent in terms of what they do on the field. But Kendall Biles, one of many coaches on the uh, on the Art Ryle staff at Baylor, who were mentioned in these investigations of. Uh, uh, into sexual assault and domestic violence that ultimately led, for, led to R. Briles being ousted there. Um, not really a good way to transition out of that, but it's, a, it's the reason why um, R. Briles, to your point, has not been able to get a college coaching job again yet. Uh, but, since he, but since Kendall was not named um, by name in the Pepper Hamilton report, um, he and a bunch of the other staff members have been able to kind of um, have had a, enough plausible deniability, I guess, to to get other jobs. And and Kendall has, has um has fielded some really good offenses that his stopped since then. At, he went to FAU and with Lane Kiffin and did a good job there. He went to Florida State and he was, you know, um, he had an awful offensive line, but schematically um, they were doing some fun stuff. And 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 um, and then he was able to leverage that um, into um, um he's now at he's obviously now at Arkansas, and so. Um, I, I'm very curious to see how this matchup turns out because Baylor always gave Gary's defenses trouble um, mm-hmm. to, to a certain degree based on what, exactly what you said, which is that it's entirely based on like if they're throwing, they're throwing vertically. They want to create big plays down the field, which as we talked about at length is something that if, if that TCU struggles to give those up, um, a few times a game and if you're really good at creating those plays you can create some havoc for TCU so I'm curious to see if Arkansas can create it after those plays if, if they execution wise and personnel wise can do that um, because if they can then they can they can really give TCU headaches and, and put TCU in a position they don't want to be in on offense which is playing from behind um, so we'll see what happens there and then Barry Odom who's the defensive coordinator that Pittman hired who former head coach at Missouri. He brought Sam Carter with him from Missouri, former TCU safety, uh, uh, former TCU great. Um, and he's, and they've done a phenomenal job with that defense. Um, this is a team that went 0-16 in the SEC the last two years, and they won three SEC games this year. 3-7 um, and seven doesn't look amazing on paper, but considering what they were before Pittman got there, what he's done with putting together that staff and recruiting and getting them to, again, through from no SEC wins in 16 tries to three uh in 10 tries, he's he's doing some really good things. I'm really impressed with what he's done there so far.
1: Yeah, I am too. And, and the Sam Carter um mention is is a good one as well. You know, if anyone understands that defense, it's Sam Carter. He played that pivotal safety position uh for a number of years at TCU and, and was part of some really good defenses, some really good teams. So. Um, they're going to have a lot of intel between Kendall being in the Big 12 for a long time and Sam um, playing on that team and being coach under Gary Patterson on what this defense does. And, and yeah, that has been an amazing turnaround for Arkansas. Like, when I heard the SEC was going to a 10-game conference-only schedule, one of the first things I thought was, well, Arkansas is going to go 0-10 because I just didn't see them winning a game. You mentioned that they were so terrible – in conference against Chad Morris, and you remember too, Matt, like they lost to UNC a few years back, and like UNC ran a a fantastic fake punt or, or fake punt return where the guy just sort of stopped and acted like he called fair catch, but he didn't, and he ran to the end zone, and that was the thing that was remembered from that game, but they didn't even need to do that. Like they were beating Arkansas so badly in their place. But they didn't even really need to run a fake punt like that, but they just right. did it to clown them. Just just for fun. Just for fun. So that's how bad the Chad Morris era was in Arkansas. Um, but but Pittman's done a good job. And I think they'll be really fired up to play in this bowl game, um, despite their record, because it's 3-7, and seven, but it's 3-7 and seven after you're coming off a few winless SEC seasons and you probably feel pretty good about where you're at and kind of where you're moving towards as a program. When we come back, uh, we'll break down just sort of what we want to see from CCU in this game as they play one more uh, one more game before closing up shop on the 2020-2021 season. But before we do that, let me tell you about Coors Light. Holiday's coming up. I hope you're off work, um, or, or at least you're getting off work in the next few days, and you might be wondering, like, what am I going to sit down when I get a chance to relax with family or, or if you're staying home this holiday season, uh, when I get a chance to unwind, what beverage am I going to grab? I'd encourage you to grab a cold Coors Light. So when I choose when I want to unwind. It's cold lager. It's cold brewed. It's literally the beer that's made to chill. So if you're watching bowl games over the next few weeks, make sure you have a Coors Light in your hand. You can get it sent straight to your door. If you go to get.coorslight.com, again, that's get.coorslight.com, you can get the, the beer sent straight to your door. You don't have to get out and about and fight that holiday traffic and that rush at the grocery store as everybody's trying to get those last-minute items. So get.coorslight.com is the website to get it delivered to your place. Uh, Please always remember to celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. There's a lot of football going on right now, guys. Uh, College football, the NFL, and there's only one place that has you covered if you want to make some money, and that's BetOnline. Betonline BetOnline.ag. You can sign up today and, listen, you can get a free account – at betonline.ag, and use the promo code LOCKEDON for 50% off your welcome bonus. So get a free account, use that promo code LOCKEDON, and then just sit back and make some money. They have uh, picks for NFL games, games of the week college football the top games of the week there don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action don't forget to use your promo code Locked On to receive 50% off your welcome bonus with your first deposit again that's betonline.ag your online sportsbook expert you can visit them at betonline.ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business that's on twitter again that's at betonline.ag sign up for a free account and use that promo code and start making money today Back here on Locked on Horn Frogs, Matt Jennings rolling with me today. And uh, we're talking TCU and Arkansas in the Texas Bowl on New Year's Eve. So in this segment, let's discuss sort of what we want to see from the Frogs uh, in their final game of the season. So, Matt, offensively, um, they've been opening up, throwing the ball a little bit more lately. What do you want to see from from Max Duggan and this crew – uh, before we we put a bow on the 2020 season in this last game against Arkansas. What are some wrinkles that you'd like to see some incorporated or maybe some things you'd like to see them pressing on more um, as they have one more chance to, to play this year?
0: Yeah, for me, the things I'm interested in seeing are personnel-wise. Like, bowl games are super interesting to me because I think you it's usually when you kind of get younger players the opportunity to kind of like – hey, here's your chance. You have maybe haven't gotten a ton of playing time so far this season. Here's your chance to kind of uh, showcase yourself and almost as an audition for what your role is going to be next season. And so, um, you know, I'd love to see a little more Savion Williams, um, who we've talked about, and, and for you know uh, for injuries and different and different reasons, it seems like he hasn't been able to get on the field as much as as, as they wanted to this season. Um, but he, I think, is a big part of their plans offensively going forward. So I think I'd, I'd like to see a preview of that. And then I really I'm interested in seeing like what can they they have between Williams and, and Quentin Johnson who's been a beast of the last half of the year they they're kind of set at their outside receiver positions i want to see who's going to be their guy in the slot um especially since now pro wells has opted out we should mention that um he's opted out um and to go and get ready for the draft so so best of luck to him and and um but it means that um you know, a tight end spot normally occupies one of those slot positions. Do they go with the speeds through there and, 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 you know, give some more snaps to Darius Davis or another young receiver um, and, 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 you know, utilize some, some jet sweeps and, and, and uh, some crosses over the middle and, and try and get some uh, get the ball in an open space that way. Um, I'm or is the, or do they have another person that they can flex to tight end that they like on that roster. Um, so I'm just curious to see what they do there. Uh, but I, you know, I, I think we always put a little bit too much weight on bowl games to me. That's more about like, it's not quite like a spring game, um, but it is more, it it is. I want to like learn about the micro more than I want to make conclusions about the macro in a bowl game. Um, Just because you have, (laughs) I think we draw too many big conclusions about the future of a program based on like the way they play in one exhibition game. When maybe one team's all the way up for it, one team's not, Coaching staffs are in flux. Guys are opting out. So um, I think those micro details of, like, who are going to be the guy – who are you previewing as this is, these are the guys we're going to look to in the following season, um, those are the things that are interesting to me as we head into this game.
1: On the side of the ball. Uh, you know, you mentioned the opt-out. So Garrett Wallow and, and Trayvon Merrick, those are the two guys that we could see Maybe not playing in this game, um, but I feel like Merrick would probably be more likely. Well, we sort of both agreed, just seems like a dude who wants to play ball. Um, and if he can get a chance to get out there on the field, we'll uh, we'll go for it. And then you, you talked about Pro Wells opting out. You know, offensively, TJ Stormont hasn't officially made a decision yet. Right. But if you – read the tea leaves and, and read sort of who's plugged in. It feels like he's probably moving on at the end of the year. So I, I don't know if he'll maybe consider sitting out uh, to start getting ready for the draft, but those are some of the names to know before we, you know, they play Arkansas on the 31st. And um, yeah, you mentioned young guys. I think it is about young players now on defense. I'm not really sure who that who that would be that they might get some more reps um, and give more reps to. But I, I want to see the secondary, um, you know, against a, a team that's going to challenge them vertically and throw the ball a little more. And, and Felipe Franks has a, has a big arm. Um, you know, Travius Tomlinson has done a really nice job down the stretch of the season. Uh, C.J. Caesar struggled, but he also – has a nose for the football and and made some plays late in the year. So how do they hold up against a a group that can throw the ball and and challenge you? That's one of the big things I'm looking for. Is there anything else, Matt, defensively that you're curious about when when they take on Arkansas?
0: Yeah. Well, first off, Oshawn Mathis is one sack away from double digit sacks on the year, which is wild. We were talking about this. (laughs) We were talking about this early on in the season, like, Oh man, like you just, hasn't lived up to expectations and Gary talked him up so much last year and then you know look up in the middle of the Louisiana Tech game and he's at nine sacks for the year and he actually have I'm, I'm I believe this is right I think he led the big 12 in sacks this year with nine now there was mostly came in bursts so I'm curious if he can keep that up over the course of the season rather than getting like three against Texas Tech and 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 uh two against you know Kansas or whoever yeah um, but um, if they can get a like a more consistent pass rush out of him and Carter Coleman, because they've been really good. Now, you know, I said this on Twitter last week, you know, I take a little bit of the way the deep, the pass rush has looked and Oshawn Mathis specifically with a, with a grain of salt toward the, uh, how they've looked on the back half of the season, just because of the level of competition, right. They've played Baylor and Kansas and Texas tech and um, Louisiana tech. Like the, it has not been like a murderer's row of offensive lines and, and just offenses in general, but the fact that they have improved you know good teams do that to teams that they're better than you know like they've they have fulfilled the expectation that they're that they've done what they're supposed to do against teams that they're that they should have beaten and and teams that they should have been able to to find uh, matchup advantages with and that's what they've done so can they um you know that is as we talked about last week, that's not something they were doing a lot of earlier on in the season when they were playing Iowa State or they were playing Kansas State. Um, and so I'm curious to see, you know, against, you know, the vaunted SEC, if an, against the vaunted SEC offensive line, how do they do um, in that scenario uh, rushing the passer? Um, because I do think they're, you know, that's a pair that I think has a lot of potential to be really good um and then again the young guys you know does Earl Barquette get out there a little bit more does Patrick Jenkins get out there a little bit more and do they cause a little havoc at defensive tackle as well um those are the things that I'll be curious to see um because really if you want to disrupt a a Bryles offense um you've got them they get the ball out of their hands so fast um you if you can if you can really disrupt the offensive lines blocking and kind of blow up the play before it starts, that's going to be your best chance to kind of um, get them behind the chains and get them off the field fast.
1: Yeah. Mathis definitely sort of has a tendency to really show up against, against bad teams. Yeah. And, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's not a bad thing. As you said, I mean, if if you're a good player, a good team, you know, that's part of the job. You got to make people who are not as good as you look like it um but but there is some inflated numbers there but overall he's had a good season and yeah I think both sides of the ball O-line and D-line you're facing a team from a conference that is known for just dominating people in the trenches so this will be a good test for them as they take on you know a vaunted SEC group up front uh when we come back we'll sort of look at Arkansas a little bit deeper I, I know Matt had been looking at some some analytics and and some numbers for the hogs. So I'll ask them about that and I'll run down some of their top performers for the season. Before we do that though, uh, are you looking to get, you know, bulked up or are you trying to trim some weight before the holiday season? Um, maybe you should try a delicious, but nutritious snack as well. And that's built bar. Um, built bar is the most delicious protein bar on the market. Uh, they have some great flavors like German chocolate, peanut butter, also some, uh, more creative flavors like cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, and it's only 180 calories. It's five grams of fat. It's only a, a couple of grams of carbs. So it's good for you. It's going to fill you up. And as I said, it's delicious. And if you're sitting there saying, well, you know, Built Bar, like protein bars, I'm not a big protein bar person. I'm not going to spend a lot of money uh, to try this out. Well, here, use this promo code. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you get 20% off your order. Uh, it's also a good Christmas gift. Now, you need to get that done today if you're going to give it to somebody for Christmas. But again, that's builtbar.com, promo code locked on. Uh, visit builtbar.com today and make your first order or make your next order and, and get a little bit of a kickback uh, because you listen to Locked On Podcast Network. Final segment here with Matt Jennings on a Monday edition of Locked On Horn Frogs. So, uh, Arkansas coming into this game. As I said, Felipe Franks is their starting quarterback. Um, he has t- over 2,100 yards passing on the year. He's completing almost 70% of his passes, 17 touchdowns, only four picks, so a really efficient season for Franks. Um, they're running the ball well uh, with, uh, with Traylon Smith, who has 710 yards on the season and five touchdowns. And then they, they spread the wealth pretty evenly in the receiving core. Traylon Burks has 821 yards on 51 receptions. Um, Mike Wood, 619 yards on 32 receptions. So this is an offense that is playing well, uh, that's putting up some pretty ridiculous numbers in the course of a 10-game season and is fairly balanced. I mean, almost a 1,000-yard rusher, um, a couple guys in the receiving core that's flirting with 1,000 yards as well. Matt, I know you were looking at some some deeper numbers this afternoon. What did you find? Uh, when you were looking, I'm guessing probably S&P Plus from Bill Connolly uh, for for the Razorbacks.
0: Yeah, so Arkansas is sitting here at 58th in SP Plus according to uh, ESPN's Bill Connolly, um, 57th on offense nationally, 67th on defense, and 110th in special teams. So, um, strangely enough, the place where TCU might be able to get the biggest, uh, the biggest advantage in this game is on special teams. Um, so, so paging Darius Davis um, in this game and paging Darius Davis and Griffin Kell. Um, but no, so I think, um, I, as we said before, I think Arkansas defense has improved a lot, but that 67th number um, that's not as intimidating as you would have thought for, for an sec defense again, the, you know, we stereotype about that all the time, but um, it's not as much of a mismatch. TCU's ranked 75th on offense and SCP plus um, uh, for comparison. So it's a pretty evenly matched thing there. So it's just a matter of um, really who's going to execute better and who's going to deliver um, on the flip side. TCU's defense is, is in the top 20. Uh, Nationally uh, in SP Plus compared to uh, Arkansas, which is just sitting there at fifty seventh. Um, so TCU um, you know again if they execute if they don't give a bunch of those big plays um, they, should be in a, uh, they should be in a fairly good spot um, in that matchup um, the other thing I wanted to point out you know again on defense Arkansas um, in terms of yards per play so this adjusts obviously for you know in the, in the Big 12 TCU is going to face a whole lot uh, probably a lot more plays per game than Arkansas would in the SEC although the SEC has changed now we saw that in the SEC title game on Saturday um, you know you're facing a lot more more offenses that go up tempo but as a general rule the big 12 plays faster and you and you defend more plays um so instead of yards per game i like to look at yards per play given up um tcu on defense is ranked 35th in the country arkansas is 72nd so um you know when you adjust the number of plays arkansas um is 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 given up about you know is given about like you know more than half of what you need to gain on first down um so that's worth noting i think i think this is not as as bad of a matchup for the tcu offense as you would have uh, would have expected if you can execute and if you can you know do what you've done the last few weeks which is hit those vertical shots downfield um we know that they can run the ball but is if you're only able to do that in this game if you can't if they don't have to respect your passing game then then you're gonna be um, you're going to be in a much tougher spot, so uh, it's going to be a it's going to be really important for Quentin Johnston um, and and maybe a couple other receivers. Again, maybe Saquon Williams, maybe Darius Davis, to make some plays downfield. So that they have to really respect Max Duggan in the passing game. Again, he's looked better in the last few weeks. So we'll just see what happens.
1: Matt, let me end this with some rapid fire questions to you about uh, the coaching staff. Is Sonny Cumbie back on this coaching staff next year? <sighs> I guess I'm going to say
0: yes. I, I, I think I'm not sure it's right. Um, but I think that they are, um, I think the back half of the season probably saved him and Doug Meacham and Jerry kill. N- not that all of them were going to get fired, but I think it's, it kept from any, it kept any major shakeup from happening.
1: Is it more likely that Doug Meacham or Jerry kill is holding the play sheet and calling the plays next season? I still think it's Doug Meacham.
0: I, I think Doug Meacham would rather would rather go back into semi retirement than not be the one calling place.
1: And do you feel like they add anyone, or they, do you think they add a fourth offensive coordinator to the <laughs> I don't know about
0: that. I, I would be curious to see if they you know if you just if you just want to bring more cooks into the kitchen. I will be curious if they, to see if they bring in an analyst of some kind, we know like in the 2017 season, they brought in Sonny Dykes. And I think Sonny Dykes was actually, um, you know, fresh off his, uh, fresh off leaving Cal. I think he actually brought some interesting stuff to the table and helped them out a lot that season. And, and Sunny Calvary and Turtle Super's first seasons, um, first season as, uh, as, the, as the co-offensive coordinator tandem. Um, I'll be curious to see if they bring in another retread like that somebody who wants to hang out for a year and, and you know, contribute some ideas. And then move on to something else, whether that's you know maybe a Chad Morris or you know I have no inside information that's saying that that's the case, but um, you know somebody who um, you know maybe wants a pit stop before their next job. Um, again, I think what we've outlined it before is that there's probably too many cooks in the kitchen already. <laughs> um, but mm-hmm. um, but if if there's some sort of change or addition that's going to happen, that's what that would be what I would think because I, I don't think anybody's getting. I don't think anybody on the on the staff is getting hired away um where they're gonna have an opening unless I don't know, maybe Malcolm Kelly, just because I think Malcolm Kelly's doing a really great job in recruiting and I think he's helped with the development of their receivers. I think he's a he's a hot commodity and they're gonna want to hold on to him. Um, but I think he's he's the most attractive in terms of guys who who might have other options to go elsewhere.
1: He's Matt Jennings, he's the man you hear why he roomed at Milton Daniel and I did not during time <laughs> at C C U um thanks matt i appreciate your time buddy thanks
0: steven i appreciate
1: it this is locked on Horn frogs part of the locked on podcast network your team every day